0: Without contrast, there would be no experience. So pain and pleasure go together. Happiness and unhappiness go together. Birth and death go together. They're all human constructs. Behind them all is pure awareness, which is infinite joy.
1: Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor their continuing mission to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers.
2: Welcome back, Awareness Explorers. It's great to have you. We have a special guest on our program, Deepak Chopra, MD. I'm sure you know who he is, so we're going to keep the bio short, but I want to just say a quick hello to my co-host,
1: Brian Tom O'Connor.
2: And how are you doing,
1: Brian? I am excellent, Jonathan. I think the only word is that I'm psyched to have Dr. Chopra on our show.
2: Me too, me too. Doing a bio for Deepak Chopra could go on and on, so I'm going to keep it pretty short. But just suffice to say, he's written over 90 books. His most recent one is Total Meditation, which we'll be talking about. He's an adjunct professor at Columbia Business School. He's the co-founder of Just Capital. He's the founder of the Chopra Foundation that does research on alternative health, the founder of the Chopra Center for Well-Being. I could go on and on. So my first question to you, Deepak, is, how do you do it all? You How do you maintain peace while doing as much as you do? I, if uh, you could share any secrets about that, I'm sure our listeners would be very interested.
0: In one word, it's called karma yoga. You do what needs to be done, and then you leave the results to the unknown. So once I do something, I never go back. Like once I do this podcast, it's over. Once I write a book, it's over. Whatever I do, it's over. And i disengaged once I do it. So I take full presence in what I'm doing. If you ask me what I'm doing tomorrow, I don't know. And if you ask me what I did yesterday, I can recall but it's not in, in my internal dialogue, my internal dialogue right now is actually quite silent, because it needs to engage with you everything else is unimportant. So I don't Take credit for what I do, incidentally, because everything I say has been said before. I just say it in my own words.
2: And you're just uh, trying to be as quiet as possible and let the universe and the consciousness flow through you as best you can.
3: That's it.
0: I said that. God writes the books and I collect the royalties.
1: (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) You know, our podcast here, it's, it's based on the premise that happiness is our natural state and that it's not something that, that we acquire from outside ourselves, but can only be found within awareness itself. And it's our true nature. So I was wondering if, if you might start by talking a little bit about awareness and if you agree with that premise, why is, why is it so powerfully healing?
0: Well, I've written about happiness in the past and a lot about it, and I do not think it's our natural state. I think happiness comes from, for a reason, just like unhappiness comes from a reason. Mm -hmm. Our essential state is joy, which is independent of happiness and um, independent of um, pain and suffering as well. And that essential state of joy is independent of situations, circumstances, events, people, relationships, economics, history, karma, whatever you want to call it. It's the ground state of being. And that's called joy. In Sanskrit, it's called sat, chit, ananda. So sat means truth of existence, sat, truth of existence, chit awareness, Ananda, bliss. But, you know, when I use the word bliss, um, people think, oh, it's something like, you know, you feel after you take ecstasy or something. And it can have that component. But true bliss is joy as your fundamental state, which is also associated or is synonymous with what spiritual traditions call the Peace that passes understanding, also contentment, equanimity. Equanimity, contentment, joy, awareness, truth is bliss. But don't think of bliss as, you know, I'm always dancing ecstatically, although I do that too. But that's only one component. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, when people talk about the pursuit of happiness, that's an oxymoron. It already says that uh, you're unhappy. Therefore, you need to pursue happiness. And so then everybody goes around and says, oh, if I have a lot of money, I have a lot of good relationships, I fall in love, I'll be happy. Yeah, for a little bit. But every experience of happiness is only possible because you know unhappiness. So when people are in pleasure, they're worried, it's not going to last long. And that's pain, just the idea that your pleasure is not going to last long. And if you're in pain, you want to hold, you know, you want to pursue pleasure all the time. And the fact is both pleasure and pain are the on-off switches of awareness. And without contrast, there would be no experience. So pain and pleasure go together, happiness and unhappiness go together and just like birth and death go together they're all human constructs behind them all is pure awareness which is infinite joy which is also infinite creativity by the way because once you're not attached to outcome and you're not attached to predictability you have access to creativity without joy there is no creativity And without surrender to uncertainty, also, there is no creativity. So I start my day every day by saying, um, you know, the divine, I ask the divine, whether you call the divine God, non-local consciousness, please make my day as unpredictable as possible. More than yes. (laughs) Then I'm all set. Once your day is unpredictable, nothing ever goes wrong.
1: Oh, that's so great. So you don't have to worry about, you don't have some preconceived idea of how it's supposed to go, and therefore... Whatever happens, you 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 just face as it is.
0: Actually, you are grateful for whatever happens because it's an opportunity for creativity. Yeah.
2: You know, that's a wonderful ability to have, surrendering one's expectations and, and agenda. Was that always easy for you? Or, or was there some method that helped you to get to that place?
0: Not at all. I've been, you know, in the first 25 years of life for me, I'm very traditional and come from a traditional background. So my first 25 years was about education. The second 25 years was fame and fortune. The third, giving back. And now I'm entering the fourth, which is total detachment from outcome and self-realization. And it's very joyful. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, your book, Total Meditation, I liked it because it, you know, we tend to think of meditation as something you do. You go to a separate place for an hour and you meditate. But in your book, you're saying basically the idea is to be aware all the time and you give a lot of good hints for that. Is there some, you know, the technology of awakening keeps improving? Is there some technique or approach that you find particularly useful for people in this time, this crazy time?
0: not everybody is ready. Uh, so i would be very honest. You know, some people need techniques, some people need very simple techniques, like watching the breath or watching a sensation or asking themselves, who am I? What am I? What do I want? What's my purpose? What am I grateful for? Um, and then, you know, there's transcendence and uh, there are mantra techniques. So there's There's thousands of techniques. If you look at my library here, I mean, I have access to a few thousand techniques, but um, each person responds differently. But total meditation is the goal, which means you don't move out of uh, the state of pure being. And if you do, you recognize it as a projected movie, which it is, and your body and your mind and the world are a process of fluctuations in pure awareness, which gives you the experience of what you call mind, body, and universe, but in reality, there's no such thing. There's only consciousness, awareness, fluctuating as qualities of experience, which we call qualia, and then human beings have the need to create a story, so they say mind, body, universe, but it's all a dream. And once you recognize it's a dream, you can upgrade the dream. But some people like to go to horror movies and get the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> so all dreams are equally valid.
1: Right. You know, I was fascinated by something lately. I've been thinking that emotional healing is something that happens naturally when we get out of the way. So i I was fascinated to read you go to read in your book Total Meditation. You went into a lot of detail about that. And you talked about the concepts of homeostasis and equilibrium and going into meditation mode in the zero point. And you you wrote, Emotions want to just change. This is their nature. So they will leave you if you create a path for them to follow. I thought that was very um, fascinating. I was wondering if you might go into a little detail about no, how
0: that. Nobody, works. nobody complains about the emotion if they experience it called love, nobody complains of it. Uh, Nobody complains about joy. Nobody complains about what we call happiness. Nobody complains about uh, a great loving relationship. What do they complain about? They complain about um, uh, past hurts, um, which we call anger. They complain about anticipated anxiety, which we call fear. They blame themselves sometimes, which we call guilt and shame and humiliation. And all of the above creates depression. So anxiety, anger, uh, guilt, shame, uh, the collection of that is the depletion of emotional energy that we call depression. And all of them come from uh, what spiritual traditions call the separate self. You feel somehow that you are disconnected with existence. And by existence, I mean life, you know, all life. Mm -hmm. And once you feel connected with all life, then you're done. I mean, there's no need to process emotions. You watch them and you realize they come and go. In fact, if I ask you right now to hold on to an emotion, any emotion, fear you having a fearful thought, please hold on to it. You won't be able to because they come and go in any 24 hours. If you look at what you're experiencing, you'll see that you're vacillating. Your mind is vacillating between what we call turbulent emotions and positive emotions. So there's another oxymoron here. There's no such thing called peace of mind. Mind is never at peace. It's Mm -hmm. either thinking positively or negatively. People think oh if I think positively it'll be much better but actually a continuously positive mind can be very exasperating and stressful for the person who's trying to cultivate it and also for the people who are engaged with this positive mind because a positive mind can be a very turbulent mind. Um, What we're talking about here is being a silent witness to what comes and goes and if you watch it everything comes and goes except the one who's watching. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well said. You know, uh, in your book, Toll Meditation, you, I, I like how you, besides just your theory and your poetry and how you describe things, you do give a lot of methods. And sometimes there are methods I haven't even heard of. And I'm kind of a method junkie. We talk about methods on the podcast a lot. But you talked about the possibility of acting as if you were awakened as a way to help you to wake up. And I think that that really hit me as something that I haven't really tried that much, but it can possibly be a really unique approach. I'm wondering if you can say a little bit more about...
0: Yeah, there are many phrases in the popular literature which have become cliches, but they're still profound. So, you know, uh, one is let go, let God. Okay, that's a good method. Okay. Mm Uh, The other in popular culture is this too shall pass. Uh, What doesn't kill you benefits you and on and on. So the bottom line still in any methodologies, take what works for you and ultimately give up all methodologies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ask who's the one who's looking for all these methodologies because the one that's looking can't be found. The one that's looking has no form, the one that's looking is formless, and therefore infinite and never comes and goes. And once you anchor your identity to that, we call it taking a stand as as witnessing awareness or whatever, then at some point, even the witnessing awareness disappears, and all that's left is infinite being. And that's very joyful.
1: And wordless and indescribable.
0: Yeah, that's why, you know, Rumi said, God's language is silence. Everything else is poor translation. But then he himself never shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we all have our attempts at pointers, and, and I think they're useful for people.
0: As, all, as long as we know we're dealing with a dream and we can upgrade it and downgrade it. And that's the choice we have depending on how awake we are. So you can also ask, you know, people have these cliches again. What would Jesus do? What would Buddha do? And, you know, that's not a bad reminder to pretend to be awakened. And if you ask yourself, what would Jesus do? What would Buddha do? That might actually click in as a real experience. So it's not bad to pretend that you're awake till you wake up. Just tell everybody that you're pretending. We're (laughs) We're all authentic fakes, basically.
1: Authentic fakes. I like that term. Fake it if you make it is another term That's, in popular there you culture. Are. That's, there you are. Yeah. But you also mentioned just now that, that the true self, the, the witness, the what's looking is, is infinite. And if it's infinite, that means there can only be one. So it's not like my consciousness, your consciousness. It's, it's just consciousness. Is that?
0: Yeah. It's the I am or just say I in mm-hmm. everyone. So, you know, everyone who has an experience refers to that experience as I am having this experience. If I asked you um, who's having this experience right now, you would say I am. If I asked you who had the experience of dinner last night, you would say I did. If I said uh, who remembers their childhood, you would say, I do. So before any experience, and in the experience, and after the experience is always the reference to I, I had the experience. Now, if you say, where is this I, you know, and this is another very big misconception, in my view, in religious interpretations, they say, you know, person dies, their soul leaves the body. And when you say, Who is the soul? What is the soul? The answer is I am the soul. So I am leaves the body when a person dies. And that actually is the, that misperception is the cause of all fear in the world. All fear in the world. Because upon death, the soul does not leave the body. The experience of the body leaves the soul. And what is the experience of the body? It's just a fluctuating continuum of birth and death at all times. So birth and death to experience is happening right now. When we start in the program, that part of the program is dead. Of course, now you will put it on Zoom, so it'll live there forever, um, but only for those people who click on Zoom, okay? And then for the rest, it's dead, okay? This, by the time you hear these words, they don't exist. And by the time you actually recognize that, oh, that's Deepak, and that's a microphone, and that's a watch, what you were looking at doesn't exist. That's a new perception. So from the moment of egg is fertilized into a zygote, into an embryo, into an infant, into a baby, toddler, teenager, mature adult, old age, infirmity, death, it's just a fluctuation. On off switch of birth and death. So, death is not the opposite of life. People say life and death. No, death is the continuum of birth and death that's happening ceaselessly and now. There's no death out there. So, death, as soon as the switch goes on, you know, I have a light switch here. As soon as it goes o- o- off, the light goes off. Then I, you know, I can't put it off unless it's already on. And I can't put it on unless it's already off. So between every on and off, this is birth and death happening all the time. And so life is the continuum of birth and death. And uh, birth and death are happening ceaselessly in what we call now. But that now is not a moment in time. Because uh, as soon as it becomes a moment in time, birth and death starts again. Now is independent. Of time. That's why, if you talk to great seers, they say, What will happen to you when you die? They say, Well, I was never born. So, what are you talking about? So, what is born is a sensation, a perception, an image, a feeling, and thought. What dies is also a perception, a sensation, an image, and feeling, and thought. Who is fluctuating as that, as what is fluctuating? Awareness is fluctuating. Awareness never dies, okay, because it is never born and it because it's infinite. And, you know, so when people say the soul left, you know, we have all the technology now to look at what's happening inside your body. So I can radio label a sugar molecule, inject it, and ask you to think of your mother or the Empire State Building or the Milky Way galaxy, and I'll see a blip in the brain. Okay. So in other words, I can track every experience in the brain by doing these amazing technologies. Um, But what you see in the brain is the fluctuation of electrochemistry. You don't see experience in the brain. So right now, as you are speaking, there's no sound in the brain. As we're looking at each other, there are no colors or images in the brain. If I ask you to imagine the Milky Way galaxy, that picture doesn't exist in your brain. All that exists is electrochemistry, which also is an experience in I am. So the brain is an experience in I am. Okay. When a person dies, the fluctuations of birth and death that are ceaselessly happening in timeless now cease, just like in deep sleep. Okay. And then now consciousness or awareness is free from its experiences, and it is so free because it has returned to its formless being that it can morph into anything. Unfortunately, it morphs into the same recycling of memories because those memories are not in the brain. The brain is just the neural correlate of memories when you actualize them. So if I ask you, where's your next thought right now? You say, I don't know. Um, Where's your next perception right now? Oh, yeah, I'm looking there, but I could look there too. So, you know, the point is, well, look here, look there. That died, this was born. And when I look there, that's a new perception. Every perception is new. We give it a storyline, and we call it mind, body, and universe, but it's a dream. You know, Wittgenstein, the great German philosopher said, our life is a dream, we are asleep. But once in a while, we wake up enough to know that we're dreaming. And what we wake up to know is that which is looking, which is formless, which is infinite, which is universal, but also present as I am in I am Deepak Chopra. I am a plant. I am a tree. I am COVID-19. I am a fungus. I am a tree. Without I am, there's no experience for any sentient being. And it's the same I but differentiated into a different mode of knowing, different process of knowing, and different things known. There's no such thing as an objective world. What we see as the world is a human experience with a narrow bandwidth which is less than 1% of the acoustic spectrum, 1% less than the visual spectrum, we call it the world. We call it my body. But your body is proportionately as void as intergalactic space. So is the world. So is my iPhone. So is my hand. It's what we call a magical lie. Every experience is a magical lie. But without magical lies... We wouldn't be having this Zoom conversation. We wouldn't even be able to create technology. Magical lives is how God, the infinite, creates the entire universe with all its knowers, all its modes of knowing, and all things known. What does the world look like to an insect with a 100 eyes? You have no idea. What does the world feel like to a bat that echo locates? What does the world look like to a chameleon whose eyeballs swiveled on two different axes? You can't even remotely imagine what this room would, or this computer would look like to a chameleon or an insect or anything else. So, you know, everybody's, this is God's dream. And if you don't like the word God, it's infinite formless awareness. You can't, You can't look at it because it's looking. It's how can I stand or move to the position where I already am? Okay, I can't find myself through an effort to a place where I already am. So I am is the universal I. I am Deepak is a fluctuation, which also recycles, by the way, and evolves.
2: Wow, I think is... you just explained the entire universe, uh, Deepak. I'm not sure what to ask you next. But <laughs> um, that was that was beautiful. Uh, one of the things that you do so well is is help people see the bigger picture and gain out of our story. And you've been on the front lines of of the spiritual marketplace for 40 years, and you have a unique perspective that way of seeing trends, where we've been and maybe where we are, maybe even where we're going i'm wondering you know are we are we making progress in in waking up or are we just kind of uh treading water
0: i think for every two steps forward we take one and a half steps backward so we are making progress but it's a kind of a recycling, regression, recycling, and then evolution. They all go together. You can't have one without the other. Mm. Now, am I hopeful? I think that's another oxymoron. Hope uh, is defined by despair. If you have despair, then you need hope. Otherwise, you don't need hope. The true self is independent of hope and despair. It's pure creativity. That's it.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's because there are so many methods out there, which hasn't ever happened before. And you know, you you at one time started with like mantra meditation, then you. I broaden. still
0: do all those. I still do it, it, depending uh-huh. on my mood. You know, uh-huh. I do anything I want, but I, I I do it for entertainment and not because I need to go where I already am.
2: Right. right. But for somebody looking for the way to proceed, what suggestion might you have for how to? discern what's right for them?
0: Try what works for you, you know, try mantra meditation, try Vipassana, be aware of um, your body be if you want to go further, you know, the eight limbs of yoga, say everything. So the first limb of yoga is what is called Yama, which is basically a relationship uh, with others, you know, what we would call social intelligence. Mm-hmm. Niama is relationship with your own self, intra, intrapersonal relationship, not as, as rules of moral behavior. I think, uh, again, self-righteous morality is just uh, the act of cunning hypocrites, in my belief, authentic faiths. Uh, and, you know, what is it? H.G. Uh, e. Wells said, self-righteous morality is jealousy with a halo. So I don't believe in, you know, all these things. You have to follow this rule, that rule. But the yamas and yamas are very interesting insights into how your behavior changes as you get in touch with yourself. And then the third uh, uh, aspect of this eightfold path of uh, Vedanta is immediately Posture and movement, and what we call yoga asanas. The people, what they do when they go to yoga class, they think they're exercising, but actually, what they're doing is they're finding seats of awareness in different parts of their body. Mm-hmm. That's why that's what's called. Seat of awareness is the real word for yoga practice as people do it. The fourth immediately is breathing. Because once you coordinate breathing with movement and intentionality and direction, you can know anything you want in your body. So that's the fourth. And then after that is pratyahara, withdrawal of the senses and introceptive awareness. Mm-hmm. And then dharana, focused awareness, dhyana, meditation. Samadhi, transcendence. That's the sequence. Now, you know, every institution, spiritual institutions, religious institutions, they find it very difficult to enroll people uh, if they make it so complicated or it seems so complicated. So they take one, one technique, breathing, Kriya Yoga, Shambhavi Mudra, or transcendental meditation, and believe it or not, it works even though it's out of context with the totality of that knowledge. Okay, so now in my experience, I think it's important to put every technique in the context of the totality of knowledge, which says any one of these techniques, but if you complement these with each other, will lead to liberation. And liberation means who you really are. That's it.
1: And that really is what you're talking about in, in total meditation. That's it. Yeah. And in, in that book, you also talked about the divided self and how it leads to many of the problems in our, in our modern world. What's, what is the division between and how is it healed?
0: It's experienced as the divided self, but it's actually the differentiated self. So, you know, when a stem cell divides into, what, 50 replications becomes 30, 40 trillion cells in the body. Here's nose cells look different from lip cells, from my fingernails, from my hair follicles, from my genitalia and from my brain. They all look different, but they came from one cell, right? So, and they're still connected to their source, otherwise, your body wouldn't be able to function. How does your body, a woman's body, let's take it even further? How does a body um, um, remove toxins, play a piano, kill germs, and regulate itself and make a baby all at the same time while tracking the movement of stars and planets as its own biological rhythms? This is infinite multitasking done by the differentiated cells of our body. But if the nose thought it's independent, then that it would have any experience, right? If the stomach thought, oh, my digestion is just for me, it wouldn't have any life. In fact, that's what cancer cells are. They lost the memory of death. A cancer cell is a cell that's lost the memory of death. You know, every five days, our stomach cells die and are reborn. Our liver cells die and they're reborn. Our skeleton dies every three months, is reborn. The cells, the atoms, the molecules, they recycle. Think of the Empire State Building with a million million bricks, and the bricks are coming in and out all the time, but the building looks the same from moment to moment. After a 100 years, of course, it won't look the same, because all the other buildings will be different. So, you know, this is all an illusion. The whole thing of physical reality is totally all an illusion. And when you realize that you are projecting the illusion, then you do what you want. You know, it's like a great Shakespearean actor, one day, Julius Caesar, the next day Cleopatra in fact old uh, old Shakespearean actors played both male, female, hybrid, whatever transgender, and that's God mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. that's like that famous quote uh, from Ram Das that Jonathan likes to quote
0: uh, yeah, that's a good one
1: we're all God in drag is that is that how it went
2: yeah, that's it
1: yeah.
2: um you know in some of your books, you talk about aging and uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned that you're kind of in a different phase of your life. And I'm wondering, you know, a lot of people that listen to our podcast are above 50 and, and we live in such a youth culture. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the advantages of maturing and aging and what that task in life is as you Uh, wind down the, the making money part of our lives?
0: I think if you realize that your body is not energy, if you realize that your body is not matter, if you realize that your body is not information, but it is modified consciousness, then you can have the biology of youth and the wisdom of aging. That should be the aspiration. I'm 74, uh, soon 75, but my biological age is less than 40. And I'm happy to admit that, you know, I, I, my my intention is to net, never get sick and leave the this theater of space-time and causality consciously in Mahasamadhi. Say, been there, done that, goodbye, guys, have a party, and on to the next journey
2: hmm mm-hmm. Well, it seems like you're doing a good job so far. <laughs> I like to say my my plan is to live forever, and so far, so good. Well, <laughs>
0: we do live forever, but forever is not endless time. It's beyond time. Right,
2: right. In your in your tonal meditation book, uh, one technique I was really happy that you talked about a lot because I've used it is really three simple questions. What's working right? What's not working? And what's my next step? That's it. And so much of life could be settled if we really listen to ourselves by asking those three questions. Is that something you do every day, or uh, how's that work? I don't need to
0: do it every day. This is at some point, there's something called what you decide to do next is the most evolutionary step. Mm-hmm. So what I choose to do next is the most evolutionary step for me. And for the world, and I don't need to think about it because I'm I'm secure where my identity is.
2: So at some point, like rather than it being a decision, it was an automatic thing from you being in the flow. Is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, yeah, it's called spontaneous right action, mm-hmm. and there's a Sanskrit word for it. It's called ichha shakti, spontaneous right action, spontaneous right intention. Spontaneous right behavior. Right means evolutionary, not you know, moralistically speaking. Yeah. And uh, without anticipation, without uh, regret, without resistance, and without memory. And th- what I said there, you know, what's working, what's not working, what's my next step, those are those are steps towards that experience where you like don't training need- wheels. Yeah, training wheels. Uh-huh. So we should be ending this conversation. If you want, we can do a meditation now.
2: Absolutely. Uh, any last words before we do the meditation that you want to, if we miss something? My
0: last words would be take it easy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, it's been a great pleasure. Um, I just want to mention to our listeners, uh, if you're interested in our podcast, we got a bunch of them at awarenessexplorers.com with not just Deepak's meditations, but about 80 other meditations. And you can support us at patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers and learn more and get a bunch of free stuff. And the Honorable Deepak Chopra, we're honored to have you. And we look forward to hearing what kind of guided meditation you have.
0: Okay, so let's all sit comfortably, please. Uh, Uncross your feet, keep your hands open in your lap. Use a backrest so you don't feel uncomfortable, and keep your spine as erect as possible, and
3: close your eyes. And just observe the breath. You don't need to manipulate your breath, just observe it. This was the first
0: mindfulness of the Buddha himself, and when he observed his breath, he came to a very simple conclusion, breath is a sensation. It arises spontaneously, you experience it, then it goes away before the next arising. And with this, he came to the first conclusion about existence. Whatever is in the nature of arising is also in the nature of subsiding. If you hold on to your breath, you'll suffocate. So don't hold on to anything. Because all that we hold on to is a sensation.
3: Everything is a sensation. Color, sound, etc. Let it go. Just watch it.
0: Now, as you're observing your breath, you can mentally say to yourself,
3: training wheels, I am present in every breath I experience. Turn your attention to sound,
0: including the sound of my voice. Notice that's the same as the breath. It
3: appears, you hear it, and then it disappears. And you can mentally remind yourself, I am present in everything I hear.
0: Gently touch your clothes with one or both hands. Feel the sensation. Mentally remind yourself,
3: I'm present in everything I touch. Gently open your eyes, uh, what we call soft
0: eyes, not focusing on anything, just being aware of colors, shapes, and forms. And as you... Become aware of colors, shapes, forms. Mentally remind yourself, I am present in everything I see. Close your eyes again. Generate some saliva, taste it. Feel the back of your teeth, the roof of your mouth. And remind yourself, I am present in everything I taste. Be aware of any fragrances or odors in your nostrils in the back of your nostrils, actually. And mentally remind yourself, I am present in everything I smell. And now we go a little deeper. So generate an image in your consciousness. Think of someone or something, a piece of rock, a flower, a rainbow, a beautiful sunset on the ocean. Look at that image in your awareness and just remind yourself, I am present in everything I imagine,
3: every image I generate. Let's go a little
0: deeper. Think of someone that you deeply love. Now feel that emotion in your body just by bringing someone that you love in your awareness,
3: even an idea that you are in love with. And you can gently remind yourself, I'm present in every emotion I manufacture, because you manufactured it just now. And now let's go even deeper, ask yourself, I wonder what my next
0: thought is going to be and wait for it. You'll see when you wait for a thought, it takes its time. It slowly arises, it's there, then it disappears, like every other sensation. And you can remind yourself, I'm present in every thought that comes to me. Because you're not
3: your thoughts, your thoughts are just recycled everybody else's thoughts. Now let your awareness spread out beyond the boundaries
0: of your skin, out there into space and time. Let it move across your body, into your room, outside the room, into the city, into the community, into the state, into the country, into the planet,
3: into the solar system and beyond. Milky Way galaxy, two trillion galaxies out there.
0: And just remind yourself, I am present in every possible experience across
3: the fabric of space and time.
0: And now let it all go and just mentally repeat your name. I am Brian O'Connor. I am Jonathan Robinson. And even as you repeat your name and say that I am Jonathan Robinson or I am Brian O'Connor, recognize that it's it's a lie. It's your bio, you're not your bio.
3: You can find it on LinkedIn. So drop your name right now and just repeat the words, I am. No name, no form. Now, if you want, replace it with the mantra, aham,
0: which is the sound of I am, aham, the vibration.
3: That's what a mantra is, just a vibration. So keep repeating aham. You get distracted, come back to it. And now drop it. No mantra. What's left? You. Awareness. So now just be aware of being aware. Rest
0: in that experience. Awareness. No form. No name. No image. No memory. No regret. No future. Nothing. Just awareness has no shape, no color, no sound, but without it, None of those experiences are possible. It's not two years old or 55 years old
3: because it doesn't exist in time. So rest in your own being right now. Be aware of being aware. Relax into your body. Move it if you
0: want to. Movement is just changing sensations, that's all. We are the generator and the experiencer of sensations.
3: So now you can move and come back and have a wonderful day. Mm
2: -hmm. Wonderful as usual. Um, uh, It's a little bit hard to come back, but... uh,
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much I'm so grateful and I, I'm sure our listeners will be too
0: thank you all thank the you. best you God bless
1: and all the best and have a wonderful now yes
0: thank you Brian take it easy
2: <laughs> okay okay blessings for all your work so so keep exploring keep exploring
1: thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.